You vagabonds take to the waterways for a series of gigs to float your boat. Article by Elizabeth Lee. Folk duo from Carlow Town, ye vagabonds, are taking to the inland waterways of Ireland for their All Boats Rise tour. Brothers Brian and Dermot McGlynn are travelling by barge along with filmmaker Miles O'Reilly and are performing small informal gigs along the River Barrow and the Royal and Grand Canals. It's an exercise in slow touring, with the brothers rejecting planes, trains and automobiles for a slow-moving barge, as well as getting to know about the history, folklore and songs of some of Ireland's lesser hurled gems. The duo, originally from Palatine and the sons of Grania and Mike, spent their teenage years experimenting with different musical genres, including blues, when they played in a local band. They left Carlo in 2012 for Dublin, where their reputation among folk circles grew. 2020 was when the brothers should have capitalised on their success after scooping three gongs at the RTE Folk Awards the previous year, including Best Album for The Hare's Lament, Best Folk Track for The Foggy Jew, and being named Best Folk Group. Now that a conventional tour involving a circuit of indoor venues looks as unlikely to happen as it did last year, the Glynn brothers are taking an alternative route. We're so excited to get out here on this trip, said Dermot. A river tour has been a dream of ours for years, but there's never been a more perfect time for it. Everything outdoors. What was always a bit of a mad idea now seems obvious. It's hard to imagine returning to normal gigs after the weird hiatus we've all experienced, so it's great that we're returning with some really abnormal gigs instead. The pair will meet up with musician friends and acquaintances along the way, such as Laura Quirk, John Francis Flynn, Cormac Begley, Fairley Speaks, Bridget May Power, Anya Murray, Moncon McGann, Aaron Fornoff, Leo O'Kelly, Thomas McCarty and more. On most tours, we see the venue and one corner of each town before we jump back into the monotony of motorways, Dermot continued. This time, it's really about the journey too, and it's also time travel. Waterways are the oldest roads, and time moves differently when you're on the water. Filmmaker Miles O'Reilly is on board the barge with the brothers to capture their journey and encounters. Ever since our first video collaboration back in 2014 with Willie O'Winsbury, I've had the pleasure of growing as a filmmaker alongside the lads growing as musicians, Miles says. We have a finely tuned appreciation for and understanding of each other's art, which has helped us to keep creating more exploratory and ambitious works together. This project picks up from the film Seven Songs on Six Islands when we documented a tour of several remote islands off the coast of Ireland. It's such a natural step forward in our filmic legacy. Moving inland, the music still carried by water. Negotiating ancient veins of Ireland surrounded and immersed in uniquely beautiful and timeless nature. The brothers will continue their watery tour until the 7th of September, so follow ye Vagabond's journey on their social media pages and Patreon to be the first to hear about these shows. That's www.yevagabonds.com and Patreon www.patreon.com forward slash yevagabonds. Parisian fireworks for Daniel's latest single release. 
Article by Elizabeth Lee. A County Carlow musician and songwriter, Daniel Whelan, has just released a single, Bastille Day, accompanied by a stunning video. Bastille Day is a song that was two years in gestation, finished after and thanks to the Bastille Day fireworks in Paris in 2017. Contained within are questions of love, identity and power. It moves from Dublin to France through both its sense of place and sense of scale, Daniel explained. He grew and developed as a musician and writer in the rural idyll near Rathana near Burris, where he learned fingerstyle guitar and developed his literary taste using tradition as his portal. His writing style comes in response to a stiff Catholic upbringing and an inherent desperation to outgrow its fettered approach to emotion, human nature and love, according to a press release. Now, at a point of departure, he attempts in poetry and song to find a place for true human experience as the waves of the digital age encroach. Bastille Day is the first track from his upcoming EP Beautiful Torture, which spans themes of love and loss, intertwined by subtle revelatory tones. Daniel recorded the material in Displace Studios Dublin, with Matthew Jacobson on drums and Connor Cunningham on bass. He collaborated with Kean Hamilton on the production of Bastille Day and subsequent EP Beautiful Torture. The seven-minute cinematic video to accompany Bastille Day is made of old footage pieced together to reflect the frenetic energy of the song. To hear the single, go to SoundCloud on www.soundcloud.com forward slash Bastille Day or check out his Facebook page www.facebook.com forward slash Daniel Whelan Music. Former Brawn Workers Welcome for a Cuppa Article by Suzanne Pender Calling all former brawn workers Would you like to contribute your personal stories, photographs, artefacts or documents to the Brawn Archive? Visual Carlo and Carlo Arts Festival is building an archive documenting the social history of the former brawn building. As part of Heritage Week 2021, they invite anyone who worked in Braun or had strong connections to it to a coffee morning on Sunday the 15th of August from 12 to 2pm to share your stories and memorabilia. Their curator of learning, Claire Breen, is gathering material related to the factory and building and anyone with artefacts, photographs or memorabilia is welcome to bring them along. Copies can be made if you wish to keep the originals. This event is free, but numbers will be limited based on COVID restrictions. Register now at www.visualcarlo.ie or call 059-917-2400. 11 Clubs to Benefit Under Sports Programme Article by Michael Tracy Almost a dozen sports clubs in Carlo received funding totalling €159,652 under the new Sports Capital and Equipment Programme. Fianna Fáil TD for Carlo, Jennifer Murnane O'Connor, welcomed the funding for sports equipment for 11 clubs and organisations in Carlo. Deputy Murnane O'Connor said, This funding will help support our clubs and organisations in providing the facilities necessary to achieve our objectives of increased participation in sport, and also help realise the immense benefits that physical activity can bring to all our lives. The Carlo TD added, 
I want to congratulate all of the successful applicants in receipt of grant funding today, particularly the volunteers at club level who made the applications and are the lifeblood of clubs and sporting organisations all over our county. Under this year's programme, funding is being allocated to organisations which are striving to serve all of the community and especially those groups where there are traditionally lower participation levels. There is also a particular focus on promoting and growing female participation levels across our sports. Apart from the pleasure we all get from watching an event like the Olympics, the health benefits associated with sports participation are well documented and we want people to have every opportunity to get involved. Funding as follows. ASCA GFC, Portable Goals and Sports Equipment, €1,938. Carlo Cricket Club, Revitalisation Project Cricket, €5,455. Carlo Dragon Boat Club, Further Development of Club, €5,514. Carlo Road Cycling Club, Purchase of Cycling Equipment for Youth Cycling, €8,977. Carlo Rowing Club, Continue the Growth of Membership, €59,943. Fenna Sports Ground Company Limited Equipment, €23,716. Nave Breed Camogie Club, Goalposts, Training Equipment and Gear, €6,544. Slaney Valley Cycling Club Equipment, €33,389. ML Syndicate Mountain Biking Club, Purchase of Equipment to Improve Timed Training, €2,775. And Tullow Area School Completion Programme, Get Going, Get Active Programme, Carlo, €7,403. Godfrey's Gospel, according to Michael Godfrey. Kelly was never motivated by money. I made sure to watch Kelly Harrington's bid for gold on Sunday morning. It was absolutely wonderful. I know very little about boxing, but the RTE commentator, Hugh Cal, made it easy. By all accounts, the 31-year-old Dubliner put on a master class and in doing so beat the world champion and at the same time gave the entire country something to applaud. A lot has been written about Kelly's dedication to the sport and how all she wants to do is bring joy to all around her. Even though commentators say she is the most marketable athlete in Ireland at the moment, money hasn't been her motivator. Compare that to the goings-on in La Liga, where Lionel Messi and his club Barcelona had to part company because his wages, even with a massive 50% pay cut, would have put the club in financial peril hence La Liga not signing off on it. On the one hand, we have an Olympic champion showing the true meaning of sport, and on the other, arguably the best player in the world, admitting he wanted to finish out his career with Barcelona, but the money men got in the way. When I spoke about Kelly Harrington being the most marketable athlete in Ireland, the earning potential being bandied around at the weekend was €500,000 over the coming year. Messi, who is already worth a cool €400 million, will, if as expected he signs for PSG, will have a take-home pay of approximately €481,000 per week. Remember, that is take-home, not gross like Kelly Harrington's expected earnings for one full year. 
I don't know the workings of soccer management fees, agents' fees, image rights, t-shirt sales and all the rest that goes with the game off the field nowadays, but surely, if someone loves their sport and has already amassed a fortune, wouldn't you think that they would consider playing pro bono or for a nominal fee? Unfortunately, Messi will not be the last person to leave a club because of money. It happens during every transfer window, when stupid money is splashed out by cash-rich owners of clubs who want to gather up as much silverware as they can, simply because they can outbid everyone else. While there is a lot about the Olympics I do not understand, like how professional golfers, tennis players and many others can compete in what is supposed to be a games for amateurs, you have to admire the efforts some go to in an effort to just compete let alone win a medal. You don't get to the Olympics overnight. It takes years of dedication and self-sacrifice to reach the standards now required which will allow athletes to call themselves Olympians. Us mere spectators will never understand how some among us can pay such a high price, but then that is why we will never compete. That is why we will only ever be able to marvel at the achievements of such wonderful athletes. While I was thrilled for Kelly when she was announced as the winner, I was also a little sad for her. I can remember the times both Michael Carruth and Katie Taylor won their medals. Both venues, but especially the one where Katie was fighting, were filled with Irish supporters who lifted the roof when they were declared winners. For Kelly, there were no such crowds. In fact, the centre was almost empty. There was no flag thrown into the centre of the ring for her to hold up. All she could do was go down on her knees below the Olympic symbol and give thanks for what she had achieved. But being the humble person that she is, perhaps that is all she would have wanted anyway. She knows her family and friends and indeed the entire country had a smile on its collective faces on Sunday. She and all the other athletes who wore the green over the 16-day tournament did themselves and their country proud. And at the end of the day, isn't that what sport is supposed to be about? Time to think with Father Paddy Byrne. Learn to make someone happy by acts of giving. I love this story from Catherine Hepburn's childhood. It's beautiful in her own words. Once when I was a teenager, my father and I were standing in line to buy tickets for the circus. Finally, there was only one other family between us and the ticket counter. This family made a big impression on me. There were eight children, all probably under the age of twelve. The way they were dressed you could tell they didn't have a lot of money, but their clothes were neat and clean. The children were well behaved, all of them standing in line, two by two, behind their parents holding hands. They were excitedly jabbering about the clowns, animals and all the acts they would be seeing that night. By their excitement you could sense they had never been to the circus before. It would be the highlight of their lives. The father and mother were at the head of the pack, standing proud as could be. The mother was holding her husband's hand, looking up at him as if to say, You're my knight in shining armour. He was smiling and enjoying seeing his family happy. The ticket lady asked the man how many tickets he wanted. He proudly responded, I'd like to buy eight children's tickets and two adult tickets so I can take my family to the circus. The ticket lady stated the price. The man's wife let go his hand, her head dropped. The man's lips began to quiver. Then he leaned a little closer and asked, How much did you say? The ticket lady again stated the price. 
The man didn't have enough money. How was he supposed to turn and tell his eight kids that he didn't have enough money to take them to the circus? Seeing what was going on, my dad reached into his pocket, pulled out a $20 bill and then dropped it on the ground. We were not wealthy in any sense of the word. My father bent down, picked up the $20 bill, tapped the man on the shoulder and said, "'Excuse me, sir, this fell out of your pocket.' The man understood what was going on. He wasn't begging for a handout, but certainly appreciated the help in a desperate, heartbreaking and embarrassing situation. He looked straight into my dad's eyes, took my dad's hand in both of his, squeezed tightly onto the twenty-dollar bill, and with his lip quivering and a tear streaming down his cheek, he replied, Thank you. Thank you, sir. This really means a lot to me and my family. My father and I went back to our car and drove home. The twenty dollars that my dad gave away is what we were going to buy our own tickets with. Although we didn't get to see the circus that night, we both felt a joy inside us that was far greater than seeing the circus could ever provide. That day, I learned the value to give. The giver is bigger than the receiver. If you want to be large, larger than life, learn to give. Love has nothing to do with what you are expecting to get, only with what you are expecting to give, which is everything. The importance of giving, blessing others, can never be overemphasized because there's always joy in giving. Learn to make someone happy by acts of giving. St. Luke's Gospel beautifully reminds us all, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Generosity defines the heart of God. God's love is a gratuitous, free gift for all of us. When we respond and say yes to this liberating love, in turn, we begin to share much more with kindness and compassion. May we grow in that rich grace of faith, hope and love. History says, don't hope on this side of the grave, but then, once in a lifetime, the longed-for tidal wave of justice can rise up and hope and history rhyme. Seamus Heaney <laughs>